uh, jump into the Word. You shall, shall be getting some notes soon if you don't already have them. And uh, we're going to jump into this. I'm very excited about this uh, series. And um, <clears throat> Patricia and I have been working on uh, the notes and the structure of this uh, series. Uh, now, uh, we put a lot of hours into this. And so I want to just encourage you to, uh, to take notes uh, and to really maybe allow it to uh, just just jump into your heart and spirit and and just really uh, um, <clears throat> get a hold of you and bring some transformation. I uh, the series is called uh, "You in Five Years." You in five years. And uh, when I first mentioned that to somebody that was uh, older than I, uh, they kind of chuckled to think, "Wow, you know, yeah, five years." <laughs> No, 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 you know. And I thought about it. I, I thought about that since then. Um, uh, and, and it really stirred something inside of me. I thought, you know, no matter what your age is, you should be planning ahead uh, in your life. How many of you agree with that? If you don't, then you're just going to kind of curl up and, 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 and into nothing. And I thought, no, I want to. How many want to serve Christ until they go to the grave? I do. You wouldn't enjoy it, but if I died preaching, I'd be okay with that. Okay, you wouldn't enjoy it. I know it, so I won't do that. But the reality is, is I want to serve Christ all the way to the end. I can't get away from uh, Joshua and Caleb's story, where they did that. They made that their life goal, and they went through 40 years with people that didn't want to do that, a culture, a, a nation that didn't want to do that. They went through 40 years uh, till they could make it to the end. And I love it when uh, at the end, Caleb uh, goes through into the promised land and says, you know something, I'm not done yet. I'm 85, but I'm not done yet. I want to take the biggest mountain. And I like the fact that he was given that choice by Joshua. And so I, I want to just encourage you, no matter what your age is, to, to lock into this because this is a, a journey that we all should be on. And I need you to let your imagination loose also through this series, uh, even maybe right now. Maybe just think about, you know, think about your age, whatever your age is. Think about what that is right now. Now think back five years ago. Think back five years ago, how old you were, and maybe the type of things you were thinking and where you were at in life and, and, and so forth. And then turn around now and jump to the other side of the coin. Where will you be in five years? Where are you going to be in five years? And uh, probably most people wouldn't have a solid answer for that. They would just, well, we'll be somewhere. And, and I will admit, you will be somewhere. It's just where you're going to be. And that's what's important. And I think it's important to God. And I want to show us some thoughts here. And let me give you this statement from uh, uh, Greg Cruschel. Uh, it really, it's a, it's a powerful statement if you can catch what it said. Most of us underestimate what we can do in, in the long term, but we overestimate what we can do in the short term. We overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. That's usually what frustrates people. They, they start every new year, right? New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be at the gym every day. And how many know that statistically, uh, it lasts till about March? 
and it's dying off. So for some of you, it started dying off already. You know, you make these great resolutions and you never get there. Why? Because we uh, overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the long term. I want us to uh, begin to uh, stir our hearts and understand that, you know, our stick-to-itness, our stick-to-itness has really shortened in our culture. It just seems like people are not sticking to anything. They change jobs a lot. They change schools a lot. They change houses. They change a lot of things all the time. Uh, Matter of fact, statistically, this is very sad. Did you know that pastors change jobs every three years? And youth pastors every two years, that they change. And you think, wow, how do you produce something in that short of amount of time? How do you accomplish something? How do you, how do you leave a legacy if that's where you're at? But what if we could begin to think about 60 months from today? And we set a five-year uh, uh, plan and goal, and we try not to... Uh, overestimate what we can do in the short term and determine and figure out, and this is what I hope to do through the series, how can I do, uh, uh, how can I estimate properly for the long term? How can I do that so that when I get at the end of this five years, I will be somewhere where God wants me to be? And I I think if we can catch this whole series, uh, that that you will be on the road to a, a greater end at that five years. You'll be happy when it gets here. So let's pray. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And I would like to pray for Donna Brown while I pray for the message. She's got some internal bleeding and really struggling. And so let's just all keep her in prayer. But let's pray for her right now. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you said that healing was your children's bread. So we come to you this morning in Donna's behalf, and we stand, Lord, together, united as her family, and we pray for her. We pray for divine healing, divine intervention, Father, in her physical being. Father, just heal her. Let the, uh, whatever's going on in her stop now and the healing take place in Jesus' name. I thank you for your word today. I pray that as we look into it, Father, God, our hearts would be open. Our minds would be open, Father. Our spirit would be willing. And God, this morning, as we kick this series off, that you would help us uh, to, uh, Lord, not be where we don't want to be in five years. And I thank you for this time together in your word and with this group. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read a, a very important passage here. It's found in the book of Romans. And it'll be kind of our key passage to start this with. Uh, It's Romans chapter 13, and if you don't have a a Bible, it will be up here on the screen, um, and it's going to be in the message translation. And so let's uh, look at this together this morning and uh, see how it can lead us where we're going and and try to get to, to the end of this message with some clarity. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 uh, through 14. But make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted. (laughs) I mean, we might be there right now. (laughs) Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. 
Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. Wow. He's, he's, he's doing this finishing touch in, in our lives. And I wonder today how many believers really understand what God's doing at the larger picture that, you know, he really is building this beautiful bride for his son, Jesus. He's, he's forming us and we are the bride of Christ. We are to become the bride of Christ and that when he returns, it will be for a bride that's without spot or wrinkle. And he says each one of us are a part of that. And, and he's talking about that here. And I just want to digress for just a moment, but just a moment. I, can't, I don't have time to go into this completely, but there's really, there's three phases to your salvation. There's three phases to your salvation, and you'll see it on your notes there. The first phase is justification. Justification. And what that is, is for your salvation. It frees you from the penalty of sin. Completely deals with that area of your life when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It deals with that penalty. And then if we drop down to the third phrase, it's glorification. And in other words, you're, we're free from actually the presence of sin. You know there's going to be that day. It's coming where there'll be a glorified body. There'll be no more wrestling and struggling with sin. God's going to reseal your life uh, as he wanted to in the garden. But the second phase is the one I want to just take a moment on. And this is what we're looking at. And that's the phase of sanctification. Sanctification. So there's justification, uh, free from the penalty of sin. There's sanctification, saved from the power of sin. And that's where we are right now. That's where each and every one of us are today. It's that place where he's taking your saved life. Once you become born again, you have, your, uh, uh, you have now the ability not only to live with Christ forever in eternity, but you also have the ability to overcome sin. You have the ability to overcome sin. Now, most of us begin to resist the thought because we haven't been, gotten there yet. But we're in a process. You're in this process of what he calls, what the Bible calls, sanctification. And, and so he's doing this work in each one of us, and he's growing us up. Listen to how Philippians, Paul says in Philippians, he says it this way, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will do what? Complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So something's happening inside of you as a believer that's called sanctification. Because he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. How many would agree with that? He absolutely is, right? So what does that mean? There's not going to be any spot or wrinkle. It's fairly simple. When you think about a bride coming up, I have... Uh, Al has a bride that's going to be coming up soon, uh, <laughs> and and hopefully there's not going to be smudges and you know hair out of place and all that. You know, and Jesus said he's coming back for a bride. How many know he's making that beautiful bride? So he's really he's working on us and doing something in our life that literally sanctifies us. The Book of Revelation says to him overcomes, I'll write my name upon their heart. 
I said, wow, what a powerful thing. So there's a process that's happening. And so as we're in this journey of uh, uh, your life in five years, part of it will be what is God going to be doing in you and through you on that journey? And hopefully we can make that uh, to be something that's uh, what he wants. Let's go finish this passage here in Romans chapter 13. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around, and dissipation, in bickering, and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and don't linger. (laughs) Wow. So in other words, you know, get on the stick, get going, get moving. You got to be moving. We got to be moving forward as the body of Christ. I mean, if, if you're not moving forward, you're most likely actually moving backward. There's no kind of, doesn't seem to be this neutral place where all of a sudden I can put it in neutral. No, you start rolling around. Remember, the world's round, right? So you're going to roll somewhere. So you're, so you're either moving forward or we're not. And, and I hope that we can begin to see that, uh, you know, we can, we, can, we can live a different life. We can have a good ending point. Uh, and I thought about this, and uh, I have a list of uh, both positives and negatives that you could end up with in five years. Would you say five years? Five years. Okay, you up five years. Okay, so we're not going to overestimate the short term, but we don't want to underestimate the long, because we're on a journey here. We're on a journey together. But listen to this here. This, listen to this list, and you can probably add to it. In five years, you could actually be fluent in another language. If you, if you chose to do that, you could in five years be fluent in another language. You could actually get a degree in five years. Come on, I know it's a four-year college, but it took me five years, okay? That's <laughs> okay, that works. But you could have a degree in five years. You could learn a new trade or a new skill, and you could make more money with that in five years. And we're talking about putting some concentration on it. What about, what about working out and getting healthy in five years? You know what I mean? If you, you try to do it in that first month of January and it doesn't work and you get discouraged and you bail out of it. But what if you spread it out over five years and decided that's what I'm going to do? You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> you know, you can uh, own your own home and make a profit on it, they say, in approximately five years. You can buy a house, do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of maintenance to it, and then in five years sell it and most likely make a profit. Five years. You can do this. Somebody's going to get that idea this morning and say, that's right. I'm going to get off my duff. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to make a profit. Come on. I think, uh, yeah, really. I got a tile layer. I got a carpet layer. I got, they're all here. They're going to help you make that money. Okay, listen to this here. You can build the savings, Okay. If you just save $12.50 a week, that's two lattes for some of you, in five years, you would have saved $3,000. Now, how many could just use $3,000 right now just to buy something, you know? If you're a kid, you could save a dollar a day for five years and have $1,825. What could a kid do with that? Come on. I could do something with that. 
So I'm so young at heart, I could do something with it. I could find a happy use for it. You know what I'm saying? But see, we, we're not thinking long on these things, and we want to start thinking long. Five years of your life. What about this one here? And this is interesting. You can radically transform your soul growing closer to God than ever before. Five years. Now listen to this here. 15 minutes a day. Listen to this. 15 minutes a day for 12 months times five years. That's spending with God. 15 minutes a day spending it with God. Okay? That would be 27,000 minutes. That's 450 hours in five years that you would spend with God. How many think you're going to be different? You see what I'm saying here? We're, just, we're, we're talking about something here that's very doable. I mean, if I say that I can't spend 15 minutes with God, I probably need to do a reset, recheck. Something's not right. But see, we, we don't see, wow, man, I could be a transformed person over the next five years. Doesn't the Bible say and promise that if we would seek him, that we would also find him? If we seek him, we would find him. And he's there. He's, he's ready for it. What if you just read two chapters a day of the Bible? In five years, you'd be through the Bible three times. Now, just think when you're tempted, the next time you're tempted to do something that isn't right, but because you've been reading the Bible consistently, the Holy Spirit reminds you of the powerful Word of God that jerks you right out of that, and you go the other way instead of toward it. Because that's exactly what Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness, wasn't it? No, 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 he said, the Word has said. That's, that's funny. He didn't say, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm not going to do it. But he came back and he says, hey, the Word has said... And I just wonder sometimes, man, what if we hide five years' worth of his word in our heart, make it doable, make it palatable, make it maybe so that I can do it, how far I can be ahead. Let's look at a negative list. How many know that you could be majorly addicted to drugs in five years, or alcohol for that matter? You could just begin, just start slow. Before you know it, it just begins to grip your life. And before you know it, you're there. You, wouldn't, you, you didn't want to be there in five years, but you're there because you made it consistent. How about five years is enough to rack up a mountain of credit card debt? How many say you're wrong? That's one year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It can, it can happen. Five years, you can rack up a lot of debt. That's the negative side of just consistently doing the wrong thing, consistently allowing yourself to do it. What about... Uh, uh, packing on an extra 30 pounds in five years. <laughs> you know, it's just all these things that we can either choose to do or not to do that when we stretch it out over five years and say, man, if I do that for five years, negative, positive, negative, positive, uh, because it, either one of them it works with, that compound thing works with either one of them, uh, in five years, where will I be? And I believe if we can begin to set our pace, which is what we will be doing, uh, then uh, we will begin to see a difference in our lives. Here's a sobering thought. Here's a really sobering thought. The average American Jesus follower attends church once to twice a month now. Okay? 
on average. That's the average. That's the average believer of Christians. The average believer spends uh, one to two times a month in church. So I added that up. And I thought, I wonder what that really looks like in five years. Because see, sometimes it doesn't look so bad now. Oh, I just miss here and miss there and miss here and miss there. And, you know, uh, even, you know, and, 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 but if, if you did all 52 Sundays, okay, and I calculated it with our long services, okay, I was fair, I was fair, this is our long services, 52, it would be 156 hours that you would spend in church. A year, in five years, excuse me, which would be um, equal out to be 11 days a year in your life that you would spend in church. So just calculate that out five years. I think, wow, that is totally not what I thought it would be. The 11 days was based not on a 24-hour day, but a 15-hour day because most of us are awake for 15 hours. And so when I thought about that, I thought, wow, 11 days in church all year long? How, how do I expect to grow at that rate? Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. You know, I know sometimes you have to miss church. Uh, it's just the way it is. I know that. But when we don't make it a priority, why? maybe that's why the church is in the condition that it is worldwide. I just think, wow, what if everybody locked into Christ and locked into his word and made his house a priority? And the house of God has always been a priority from the Old Testament to the New. It's always been that. He loves his house. He loves this house. He loves his house. He loves church. And I thought, wow, what if we just really made that a priority and we really uh, did it like the way he wanted us to do it? How different will we be in five years? In five years. Let me give you this statement here. I think it's up there. The ways you let in become the ways you set in. The ways you let in become the ways you set in. And all of this is just an introduction to this message for these next uh, five weeks, four weeks. There's different ways that uh, God has for us. He wants us to learn them and trust him. He wants us to learn how to walk in faith in trusting him in all of his ways. That's his desire for us. Do you know his ways and are you trusting him and are you walking in those ways? We also have ways, don't we? You have your own ways and, and, and some of those sometimes are not so great. Our ways is that we choose how we're going to react in life. We choose how we're going to speak. We, we, we choose how we're going to uh, treat other people. We choose how we're going to do all these. These are all of our ways that, that we have, but God has his ways, and I believe he really wants his people, his church, to rise back up and say, you know, this is a real priority. God's ways are a priority over my ways. And we already know that he told us, he already warned us. He said, now remember this, remember this one thing. If you forget everything else, uh, remember this, my ways are not your ways. And yours are not my ways. So that means, that tells me if I'm going to follow him, I need to lock into what? His ways. Therefore, I give that time to reading his word. I begin to learn his ways. I begin to know his ways. Because honestly, so often we step back as a Christian and we look like, well, it just doesn't seem to be working. And why doesn't it work? And maybe if we did a real track record check on ourselves and we really checked ourselves, we might find out why. Because we're not really doing it his way. And, and, and you know something? 
We're a house that doesn't believe in condemnation. There's absolutely no condemnation in anything I'm saying this morning. I'm just trying to communicate, what does the Bible say? How do we really connect with God better? How are we going to be closer to him in five years and not further away and more discouraged? Because nothing stays neutral. And the little things that we do make all the difference in the world. Now I'm going to read this passage to you again, and then I'm going to give us three points out of it, and I'm going to wrap up with a couple of illustrations this morning. Are you ready? Romans chapter 13. Now, this is so important. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. I hope you understand what he's clearly trying to say there. Yes, your things are important, but if you do those more and you begin to, if you try to keep up with doing all of your things above him, you'll never get to him. How many have found that out? You know, I hear it all the time. I remember in college, you know, just hear it all the time. Well, I'm just going to go make a fortune and then I'm going to go on the mission field. I've never seen it happen. No, we put him first, we seek him first, and he says, all of those things I'm going to help you with. But see, it's hard for us to get there when we're in the middle of it or we're already in the bottom of it. But I'm telling you, even if you're in the bottom of it today, if you'll hear what this series is saying, if you'll make a commitment to every week and hear what it's saying, I guarantee in five years, your life in five years will be a blessing to you and others and to God. I can guarantee you that. The night is over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Uh, We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity, indulgence, and sleeping around, dissipation, and bickering, and grabbing everything in sight. Uh, get out of bed, get dressed, and don't loiter. Here's what we get from those passages. Let me just give you three points real quick. The first one is that time is not on your side. (laughs) Time in many ways is not on your side. It's, it's, It's fleeting. It's just going very rapidly around you. It's not slowing down for you, but every day it just keeps getting faster and faster. It just seems like it's going and going and going. And so time is not on your side. I can't say, well, let's wait till tomorrow. Let's put it off till tomorrow. I'll do it another day. No, the scripture is calling us in. And listen to, listen to what the David, King David said about time. He says, indeed, in Psalms 39.5, indeed, you have made my days as a handbreadth. My age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best, best state is but a vapor. What if I woke up thinking that every day? You know, my life isn't that long. My life isn't that long. I don't have forever. And that's a lot of times what we think, you know, just, I got forever. I just put it off, you know, put it off, put it off. What about Psalms 90 and verse 10? Seventy years are given to us. Some even live 80, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. So they disappear and we fly away. Uh, That's the wrong one. And because I deleted the other one, I forgot that I deleted it. But let me read Psalms 90 and verse 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may what? Grow in wisdom. Grow in wisdom. We need to begin to realize that time is not on our side. I can't put off to tomorrow what I should be doing today. 
is really what we say. Uh, it's very important for that. First Peter, first chapter one and verse twenty-four says, "For all flesh is as grass, and all glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord lasts forever." He's referencing how life is. It's just so fast and it's so quick. And when you're younger, you don't think that way. You just think you got forever to do whatever. And the reality is that it's flying past us at uh, brake light speeds. And so it's time to, to do that. Number two, the second thing that we uh, learn here out of this passage is that uh, future you is simply an exaggerated version of current you. <laughs> now let that settle in. Come on, I want you to think about changing here. But this is the reality of it, is the current, the future you is simply an exaggerated version of the current you. In other words, just, uh, just look at yourself with more miles on your odometer. Okay? And, and so you stop now and you think, okay, what, what am I like now and, and what am I going to look like in the future? Well, if I do nothing, I, I, I'll just be an exaggerated version of what I am now. And how many know sometimes you don't want that? You just don't want that. Your spouse doesn't want that. Your friends don't want that. And so it's, 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 it's like this. If, if you are cruel today, you're going to be crueler still in five years. If you are harsh today, you're going to only be harsher in five years. So I have to get this picture in my mind of this five-year period because really a lot happens in five years in our personal lives. We don't realize how much does happen and how much that we can change things if we get the mindset to do it and we get the understanding to do it, which I hope to give us. The third thing that we learn here is time isn't going to change you. Time isn't going to change you. Time doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are and makes you more of who you are. So time doesn't change you. Sometimes we think, well, we'll just, you know, it'll just, time will change them. Time changes things. And, but how many know that, that really isn't true? It just doesn't happen that way. It would be nice if it did, but it doesn't. And, and, and so I have to understand that. Uh, I, I need to make choices today that are going to affect me, and hopefully as we're going into a much larger perspective than just a puny little one-year uh, deal, we're going to look at five years here and allow things to really change us. Look at Proverbs and what it says to this effect about that, about that, uh, uh, that time not going to change us. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 27 says, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble comes to him who seeks evil. So in other words, I'm going to do one or the other. I'm not going to be neutral because I'm not, I can't be neutral because that's not how life is. Life isn't just in neutral, but one thing's going to happen to me. Either I'm going to earnestly seek good and find favor, or trouble's going to come to me if I decide I'm going to seek evil. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 27 this is, you know, we read these sometimes and we just skate past them, but ha, ha, what's the context of them? Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. <laughs> sometimes we dig our own holes. How many would say yes to that? And he who rolls a stone will find it rolling back on top of him. 
Uh, and it's just the, 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 the way life works. That's just the way life works. If, if I'm uh, critical in nature, if I have a, a wounded spirit and, and I'm rushing around uh, casting judgment on people all around me, that kind of critical, dishonoring spirit is ultimately going to come back on me. And this is exactly what he's saying here. Hey, you dig a hole, you're going to fall into it. And, and then... Uh, uh, we, we begin to recognize that. Uh, <clears throat> I want to give you an illustration here to maybe help bring this into a perspective. And, and the perspective would be that if I would make a choice to look at five years and I would make a decision... Uh, I think it was a Chinese philosopher that said, every thousand-mile journey starts with one step. I said, I'm going to start going this way, one step. I'm, I'm going to try to jump a thousand miles because I know I can't do that. I might think I can and try it, but I'm not going to do it because that's not going to work. But, but somehow it's, there's a power and a momentum in that one-step concept. And I want to I kind of give you an illustration here in just a second uh, that, that will hopefully help this settle into my heart so that I can begin to see that I need to start making some different decisions, and if I'll make the different decisions, that they will have a compound effect on my life, and in five years, if they're the right decisions, will make a tremendous impact down the road. It would literally change things in a way, probably right now, sometimes you sit there and you think, well, can I ever change, or will that ever change? Or will... Yes, it absolutely can, but it isn't going to change maybe in one leap. If you take, okay, this is a domino. How many recognize it as a domino? Okay, this is a domino. This is also a domino. Now, how many have ever set up dominoes into a trail and then hit it and made them fall? Has anybody ever, anybody not done that? I mean, that's just something I think everybody probably does. You know, it's just kind of a fun thing to do and to see it happen. Well, I want to show you something here uh, that uh, might surprise you, but maybe hopefully lock something in your thinking to help you as we start this journey of uh, you in five years, help you with having maybe a greater confidence or even a greater faith in the fact that something can really happen to your impossible situation. Something can really happen. and Because I tell you, it's horrible to feel stuck. It's horrible to think, it's never going to change. My financial thing's never going to change. My marriage is never going to change. I, you know, it's, it's a horrible position to be in. But if the enemy can lock you there, then he will keep you there. And you'll continue to do things that affirm that. But if we can catch this picture and, and we can begin to realize that, you know, really God does have a plan and all of this is in God's mind and God's heart, he does have a plan, then I think it would be an amazing thing for us to get a hold of. If you think about the domino effect, and some of you may have heard this or seen this before, if you think about the domino effect, uh, here's a statement that will uh, help affirm what I'm about to show you in just a minute. Ongoing consistency is much more important than short-term intensity. Okay, let me say that again. Ongoing consistency, I do it ongoing, is much more important than short-term intensity. 
Now, this is uh, uh, in proportion much larger than this. How many would agree with me on that? Just need agreement here. Just need to know that. And how many know that I can throw that at that, and that's probably not going to fall. I'm not going to knock that over with that. Can you grab that for me, please? <laughs> Some of you know why I would say that. Uh, you know what I mean? I can just throw that, and that's just not going to knock. The, can you get it one more time? <laughs> but we have our <laughs> we have our problems. We have our problems, you know, and we keep trying to attack them. And 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 what in the world? And you know, I, I can't seem to hurdle this. My financial thing is just too big. I'm throwing this as hard as I can. Thank you, Vanna White. You're awesome. You know what I'm saying? I can just, I could. Okay, uh, that's enough. Did you get the point? Okay, you can, you can. Yes. This is about five uh, centimeters, I think, uh, and, and this is about a foot, and 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 you saw that th this was not going to be budged with this. But I want to show you an illustration that should help this lock in. If you want to play that for me. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes. But what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Not even budging it. But see, with the right process, with a little step at a time, and the right increase, you can see, which is really the whole idea is the, the, uh, it, it's, it's the, the miracle, really, of compound interest. Albert Einstein says compound interest, and that's really the best way to understand compound interest, right there. Here's what Albert Einstein says about it. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't pays it. Come on. And so when we begin to see, you know, this, this whole journey that we need to get on, I want you to know, number one, that it is very, very doable. Everyone in this room, I don't care whether it's a financial problem, a spiritual problem, a marriage problem, it can be resolved. Come on. It really can. It really can. And we're going to see how we do that over the next few weeks. And, 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 I, and again, I believe that some change is going to come. It's going to even blow your minds about how easy it can actually be. You know, we just love to get up there and think, well, you know, I, I read the Bible one time. Why am I not, you know, a perfect man of God now? <laughs> you know, I got up and prayed one time. Or a whole week I got up and prayed, and I'm just not perfect yet. You know, and we, we just how we are. We expect just to do one thing, you know. I, 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 
It's just there's so many areas that I can think of in my mind that we just kind of do so little on and expect such, you know, we overestimate the short term. You know, in marriage, what does it take long term, doesn't it? You know, you can't do something one time or two times and expect that that's going to be a miracle cure. Just like, really, Christianity isn't a genie in a bottle. It's a relationship. It's a growth thing. It's God wants to connect with you in a real way. He wants you to know him and him know you. There was a study done in Australia about the effects of sunscreen on aging. And it kind of produces the same idea here. They took about 900 people uh, at the average age of 39 years old, and they, uh, they took half of them, and they said, okay, every time you go out in the sun, we want you to use 50-block sunscreen. Just use the heaviest stuff anytime you go into the sun, no matter what. You just do that. And, uh, and then they took the other group, and they said, now what we want you to do is put 15-block on every single day. Well, we're in Alaska. You know, there's no sun. No, every day, just keep putting it on. I'm not going to go outside today. Just put it on every day. And so at the end of, uh, of, that, uh, of that five years, what they found out when they compared the pictures to of the skin condition, the ones that were using the 15, that's why it's in most women's makeup, right? Well, isn't that right? They have that 15 thing going. That's why. They're trying to help you, the husbands out. And so... And so anyway, but they found out that over a five-year period that uh, the ones that did the 15 every single day had much younger skin, almost no advancement of age, versus the ones that put the heavy stuff on every time they got in the sun. Just one step at a time. Don't, it's not a big thing. Don't try to do the big thing first. Don't try to take the little domino and break the big thing. We're doing this a little bit at a time. We're finding consistency. Remember, ongoing consistency uh, is more important than short-term intensity. And that's what we'll be looking at over the next three or four weeks. Next week, we'll be looking at the absence in the absence of crisis. And we'll be going through some things that I think will be very beneficial for this journey that we're on. And I believe if ever there was a time that believers need to really step up and pay attention to who they are and what they're doing, it's today. There's a lot happening around us. <laughs> There's a lot happening around us. The Bible has a principle about first the natural, then the spiritual. When you see a lot of stuff happening in the world, naturally, you can, I guarantee you, something's about to happen spiritually. And we don't want to miss that. We don't want to avoid that. And I know part of that is that he's, uh, he's uh, building a bride. He's building a bride. So let's not underestimate what we can do in the long haul and overestimate what we can do in the short haul. Let's pray. Okay? Let's just pray. Father, I thank you that we are all on a journey and that your word does have a, a, a solution it has a direction. It has steps for us to take. It has a path that we can all follow. Uh, you said the path would even be as a shining light to us. Wouldn't be in blindness. And God, I'm praying that for us as a church, as a body of believers here, that each one of us, God, in this next short season, would lock into that path of the Lord with the shining light, and we would begin to walk it. Because we know, Father, you want to order each one of our steps. You want to direct our steps and direct our lives. 
I just pray, Father, again, for every person here. Maybe some of them have a mountain in front of them uh, of finances. Maybe there's a mountain in the marriage. Maybe there's just a mountain in relationships. Maybe there's a mountain in uh, spiritual, uh, just a spiritual understanding, God, of you. There's just a void there. And God, over this next short season, God, that we would tie into and lock into, Father, your heart for us and that we would see that miracle working power in every one of those situations because, God, you said, if I would seek your kingdom first and your way, you would take care of the other stuff. So just come this morning, God. I just, I just pause and just say to anybody here that maybe hasn't received Christ, maybe that's a mountain to you still. You haven't known how to do it. It's been a mystery to you. It's been maybe just, you know, I'm trying, I'm looking toward it, I'm working that way, but I really don't know. I just can't quite see how to step into that relationship with Christ. I believe he'll miraculously open that up for you. He just says that if he knocks on the door of your heart, if you just open it up, he'll come in. And just ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to take your life and, and become your Lord. Let him become your Lord. This morning, you can do it even now. It's the beginning of a great journey. So, Father, I pray for every person here that there would be, Lord, an assurance of your great salvation and your love for every one of them. I pray blessing and favor, God, over this series. I ask that it would just transform us all, God, into that beautiful image that you have for us. Let your blessing be upon our weak, your goodness be upon us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.